Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Sarah Centrella Show. Today is a fun one for you. It's a brand new topic um, that I am super interested in, so I'm excited to chat with our guest uh, today because I'm going to learn something new, which is my favorite thing in the whole wide world. So um, welcome to the show, Kim Downey. Kim, I'm so excited that you're here to talk to us today about feng shui. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for having, us, having me on and beyond excited. This is very exciting. Yay. Me too. So I want to tell everyone a little bit about kind of how we got connected. Um, and then I want to give you an opportunity to tell us a little bit about yourself. But um, so Kim is a member of my monthly coaching circle. It's a private uh, coaching circle that I um, started about a year and a half ago or so, um, just to be able to have a community where people could interact and meet each other and feel supported. And um, so we started doing weekly wins calls um, kind of at the beginning of COVID. And, and, and Kim um, has been so amazing about being consistent and joining those, and her wins have been just astonishing. Um, and her business has been growing, and it's been so fun to kind of have a front row seat to that. And, and she's an ideal client in that she takes the coaching, immediately goes and applies it, whether it's, it's comfortable or not. Um, and the results have been just incredible. So um, I, I reached out to you, to you Kim, uh, a week or so ago. I was like, oh, my God, you have to be on the show to share what some of these manifestations have been. But also equally important is I'm super excited to learn about feng shui. I'm such a, a believer in energy. Um, and, you know, that, I know that's a, a big part of it, um, and it's a passion for you. So we're going to get into all that good stuff uh, today. But before we do, um, can you tell us a little bit about you? I love starting every uh, conversation on the show with, you know, getting a little bit better understanding of, of you as a person um, and kind of what your background is. So can you tell us a little bit about your story? Sure. So, um, yeah, I had been teaching for over 10 years. And at the same time, my real passion in the background was feng shui. And so about 20 years ago, when I got in my first condo, I was looking for books to kind of help decorate, interior design. And I came across my first feng shui book, and it just took me down this rabbit hole. And it really taught me how to see my home, my space, and my life in just a different way, and really learning how to work with energy. So, you know, I had been working with manifestations for a long time, but until, Sarah, I started reading your book um, about two summers ago, I came across your book, the hashtag future board. And I'd worked mm -hmm. on vision boards before, and I've gotten results but not in the way that um, the results that I got from working with your book. And so one summer, summer 2019, I you know, came across your book and I started making a future board. And I was at that kind of point in my career where you know, I've been teaching for a long time and something just kind of kept pulling on me. And I'd always dreamed of having my own business, having my own feng shui business. And, you know, in a lot of ways, I guess I just didn't really have the courage to do it. And, and maybe the timing just wasn't right either. And so right. we were also at that time where my husband, for the last couple of two years, he hadn't been, he'd been working super long hours, um, you know, that corporate gig. And he'd been in the same um, company for over 15 years. And he was really looking for a change, too. And so throughout those couple of years, he'd been looking at other positions, but nothing ever really opened up. And so within a couple weeks that I had gotten a hold of your future board book, I started creating this future board. And what really was stuck with me was the fact that you started talking about experiences 
over mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And that was really like that aha moment of, okay, we're working really hard and we have a beautiful home. We have a lake house, but we're not really enjoying it because, you know, my husband's working all weekends. We're trying to go out on dates. He's getting called by his boss. And, but we're also at that point in our life where my daughter's, you know, she's in high school and you don't really right. want to leave the comfort of your nest. You're safe. You have a nice house. You're Kids are doing good, like, you know, you, that's kind of scary to upset everything that yeah. you're really kind of comfortable with. And so I start working through your future board book, and I start really thinking about experiences. And my husband and I had always dreamed that we would live in the city, where at the time I lived about an hour and a half from Chicago. And my daughter was, goes to school in the city and just loves going down and visiting her. We always feel alive and Whenever we get back home, we just have this overwhelming feeling like we feel so old, you know, where we're living. Right. And, you know, I feel like I'm 80 and ready to retire, and here I am supposed to be, you know, I'm in my 40s. This should be, like, a really great age. And so that summer, things just kind of kept coming up. And my daughter had gone to a film camp. She was taking the train down to the city. She was coming back. She was super excited. And we got a chance to be down in the city a little bit more, went to the Lollapalooza concert, and just had this, like, moment of, okay, I can't keep doing what I'm doing, and my husband can't keep doing what he's doing. We need to make a shift. And when you started thinking about those experiences, I started thinking a lot more about, um, you know, how that looks like for us. And so within one week of starting the future board, I dove in, I started your class, um, the future board course online, and started watching the videos, listening to it, I was journaling, I was digging in, you know, what do those experiences look like, started thinking, well, I want to be closer to the lake, walking distance, I want to be able to hop on the train, go to the city, go to the theater, go do all those things, and I don't necessarily want to wait until after my daughter graduates you know why aren't we doing this now and so the next thing I know I'm finishing up my future board and it's Labor Day weekend it's the Friday night of Labor Day weekend and I get or it's the afternoon and I get this phone call from my husband we're supposed to be going out to our lake house he never misses a weekend out at the lake if he can and he calls me he says look I got a call back from this job and I really want to go check out the building, the neighborhood that it's in. It's close to the city. Let's go out and have dinner and let's go walk around. And I just kept thinking about your Hustle Believe Receive book and how it talked about, like, okay, well, hashtag fake it. So we're right, walking exactly. around. Yeah, we're walking around. We're faking it. We're acting like you already got the job. And it's, you know, moving out of the corporate uh, world. I love it. Too into a nonprofit. Imagining it was a day in the life. Yeah, imagining like this is our life. How does this feel? Oh, I love that. Yeah, and it was just starting to like open up this whole new possibility. And then you had talked a lot about in your book that whole what if. So we're at a dinner and we're talking and we're like, well, what if? You know, what if he actually got the job? What if we moved? What if... um, you know, things just started working out. What if I could start my business finally? And oh, I love it. Yeah, and it's just like that weekend we're like, well, how do we do this? You know, I'm supposed to start work back to school on that Tuesday after, and we're like, okay, well, we could put our house up for sale, but it's fall. It's not a great time to put it up for sale. My daughter's already in school. She's already started the school year. She's a um, sophomore. You know, can we really do that to a 15-year-old? And things just kept starting to move forward. And the next thing we know, we're holding a family meeting, and we're like, okay, yeah, let's do this. Let's um, Uh, put the house up for sale. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot, too, was the whole hashtag courage over fear. Like every time I got scared, I got nervous, I just kept saying your hashtag. You know, what would Sarah be saying? You know, hashtag courage Uh, over fear. Yes. And then that whole hustle began where, you know, I think like in retrospect, like the universe doesn't line it up in the way you think things should line up. 
You know, Absolutely. Should, my husband should yep. my husband should get the job first, and then we should mm-hmm. put the house up for sale, and then we should, you know, make that move. And the next thing we know it, we're like, no, you know what? Let's put the house up for sale. Let's figure out a way we can rent. Let's, you know, and get our daughter in school down there. They have this great film program, and the school is like three times the size of the school she was in already, and just felt like there'd be like a lot more opportunity for her there. And oh, that's so yeah, good. so we just started manifesting so it. Oh my God, what I love so much about that is you didn't wait. Oh my God, and I and you know this because I'm constantly, you know, reminding everybody on every one of our <laughs> calls. Um, you have to step forward. Like as soon as you've started to define what that dream looks like, you're able to visualize a day in the life and. You guys listening, that is the key to manifesting. You have to take a um, a dream or a goal or, you know, whatever it is that you want, and you have to turn it into a day in the life. You absolutely have to. There's just no other way to, to do that. And as soon as you do, um, everything starts to change. That's how you connect emotion to it. That's how you get vested. That's how you create passion literally all the things (laughs) that you need to make it come true is by really walking through it in your mind and saying, you know, what if it was like this? What if things turned out for me? What if, and then I absolutely love the fact that you took it to that next level and went to that neighborhood and walked around and imagined that that was just a normal day. Oh my God, that's literally how I've manifested everything. I do that all the time. Anytime the universe gives me an opportunity to be in a situation that even remotely (laughs) resembles my dream, I'm doing two things the entire time. One, I'm grateful for the moment that I'm in. I'm enjoying it. And equally as much, I'm visualizing that it's the next step. So kind of how you did, you walked in the neighborhood, you had dinner and all that, you're doing exactly that, right? You're doing 50% gratitude for just being there, having that experience or whatever, but then the other 50% living in the future in your mind and really starting to imagine what that would be like. And guys, that is huge. That's the key. And then the other huge thing you said is you put the house up for sale, like right before he got the job, right? So yeah. Guys, that's it. (laughs) If you want to know how to manifest and how to make your dreams come true, you don't sit on your ass and wait for everything to work out for you. That is not how it works, okay? Like, it just isn't. But as soon as you take that step, the scariest of all steps, which is that first one, and the one where you really feel like, oh, my God, am I doing the stupidest thing I've ever done? (laughs) It's kind of like that, right? (laughs) It's like everyone in your life would be like, you're insane. What are you doing? So if you're getting that reaction, that's a very good sign, right? That means that's what you should be doing. Um, but I feel Absolutely. like the universe is almost waiting for us to make that big first step because that's our commitment, right? That's saying, I'm in the game. I'm in this. I don't know how this is going to flush out. This is all new to me. This is scary. I'm outside my comfort zone. But guess what? I'm in, and I know what I want. Exactly, and I think by us doing that and, and saying, okay, we're going to make that change. We're going to make that actual physical change. The doors started opening mm-hmm. up. And, you know, there was definitely the hustle. And I had to keep going back over and rereading Hustle, Believe, Receive because, you know, there was moments where we were renting a 100-year-old house and I needed to get my daughter in school and get her tested and, you know, start. And we were getting her ready to start at the end of October. So we, and my husband was traveling at the time, he was working, you know, around the clock, and I'm trying to move everything in. He's trying to help me on the weekends because we're trying to cut down, you know, we're trying to border rent. Right. So that yeah. means yeah. we have to hustle and we have to do all this ourselves. And I get there and the heat's not working and it's this old boiler. And after like a couple days of people coming back and forth, I've got this little We've got mattresses set up on the floor and waiting for, like, our bed to come. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm thinking, my husband's like, what are we going to do? What have we done? Exactly. (laughs) What have we done? (laughs) (laughs) I know he's my daughter, like, oh, my gosh, I have to start school. And, like, the weekend before she's supposed to start school, one, we have no heat, so that got delayed. And then 
pipes start breaking and I'm in the shower and the shower head just bursts and there's water everywhere and we can't use it. And I'm like, she has to go to school tomorrow and we have no water. And I just started <laughs> yeah. crying. I'm like, this was my yeah, idea. You're what like, what did I do? <laughs> what have I done? Oh my God, I love that story because that is real life, right? And there's yeah. always this moment where you, you know, you take that step, you take that risk, and then you hit an obstacle and you're like, oh my God, exactly, what have I done, right? How did I, you know, get us in this position? Did I make the worst mistake of my life? Whatever we, we question, right? Doubt and fear um, and questioning comes into play. But that is an important piece of the puzzle. It's actually a necessary piece of the puzzle, and it's part of your manifesting journey. It's part of the success journey of anyone who's successful, right? What that does is it fleshes it out for you, right? It, it creates that desire into a burning desire, into like a relentless pursuit where you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but I have to get through this because guess what? There's no going back, you know? So I've got to figure it out and I've got to move forward. And that is such a huge key. That first time you push through the difficulty, the adversity, the obstacles, and get through to the other side is, you know, you, you almost can't do it without it, right? You need to have a little bit of that toughening, a little of the toughening of the skin. Uh, I love that. So, yeah, so walk absolutely. us through this last year and how much uh, life has, has changed since then. Yeah, so, um, you know, fast forward to March, and we finally sell our house, and we are, um, I'm getting ready, I had signed up for your master class, and so I'm, you were going to come to Chicago, you had been right? on, my, yep. on my future board, like I knew I wanted to take another class, I wanted to dive more into this, and it gets canceled. Right. I have COVID. my daughter's, yeah, and we're, so we're still in a small rental that we really just thought that, like, my high school daughter would be in there with us, and then, you know, everything starts getting shut down in Illinois, so then my daughter calls, she's coming back from college, I have my niece who, she's leaving her college and her apartment, she has, like, a couple weeks in between to get ready for her apartment in Chicago, and I'm like, hey, where are we going to fit all these people? So now, you know, we're... One sleeping right. on the couch, one's got a room. And in the meantime, I also have to help because we're buying a new house. We had found like our dream house and the dream location. We, um, yeah, like we had had that one of the things that we really wanted was to be able to live where we could walk up to the lake because back to those experiences, like what you had said. And so we really had talked about the experiences that we wanted to create in our life was we want to be able to walk to the train station so we could hop on and um, go to Chicago when we ever we wanted to. 15 minutes for my husband to get to work by yeah. train. Um, we could go down to one car. We can walk to the beach. We can walk to the cute little downtown areas. So, yeah, so we sell our house, and we have um, getting ready to move into this new house. I've got college students moving back in with me. I still have to show this rental house because part of the deal of getting out of the lease early was um, you got to help sell this thing. So here I'm trying to, I've got, you know, kids all in the house. They're trying to do all their homework, working out of the house. My husband's working it's out COVID. of the bedroom. <laughs> it's COVID. It's COVID. And, I'm <laughs> and I'm trying to sell the house. And I've got, it is like people kept coming, like surprisingly during COVID. But I had, like, all weekend long, we were showing the house, and we'd have to get the dogs out, the, you know, the teenagers out. And so yeah. I wasn't able to go to your class and because, you know, it got canceled. Well, then you hop forward to June, finally moved into our new house. We're all settled in, and I finally get to take your class, and it was better than I could imagine because now I get to meet you one on one or in a small group, yeah, and that was like and we went magic. much deeper. Yeah, we did four yeah. days of much deeper work than we ever would have done in a three-hour live class, where you're really yeah. getting the work and kind of taking taking what you had self-taught yourself through the book, which is amazing. So, guys, if no matter where you're at, you can get the book. It's twelve bucks on Amazon or whatever. So, literally for twelve bucks, you can start doing exactly what Kim did. Read it, apply it. 
you can take it to that next level and take my online course, and 250. It's, you know, not the, the end of the world, but you have lifetime access to that so you can learn even more. Um, and then when you're at that place, you can dive deeper and get the coaching. But what I love about your story is you started this whole process with a $15 book, $10 book, you know, um, and, and taught yourself and began manifesting literally a new life. You know, you have a completely new life than you had a year and a half ago, which, I mean, as, as I'm listening to your story, that is everything to me. The fact that you created a life based on life. I don't know how else to say it, right? You created a life based <laughs> on what we really truly care about, which is the moments and experiences that us Americans, we're not ever taught to build our life around. You know, we're taught to build our life around all these other things that when we get them, a lot of the times we feel really hollow and kind of wonder, like, really, is this it? But once you start building your entire life around almost like a day, right, like how you want to feel every day um, and how you want to, you know, have memories and feel alive and all of those types of things, it changes everything. And the fact that that was kind of your um, center or grounding that you built this new life out on, like, that is the best thing in the whole world. For me as a coach, like, that is my dream. If I can teach people to do that, um, oh, my God. Like, and from your perspective, how has your life changed? Like, how, how do you feel – um, now kind of moving through life with that as your focus? I think it has just transformed every way that I start my day, how I move through my day, because it definitely is when I'm making decisions, it's about how do I want to experience life? How do I want to feel it? And I don't think I've ever walked so much in my life. Like I can walk to the beach now and I can go jump on a train and go to the city and live that way that I've always dreamed of living. And when we started the class during the summertime, I had thought, okay, I kind of felt like, did I peak? I transformed my house, my neighborhood, our, my husband's job, school. And I kind right, of you're like, that maybe that's it. Oh. That's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> like, and, that's more than I could imagine. <laughs> so now what? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. And that's kind of where I was. I was like, well, you know, what am I going to do now? And then as we were sitting in the master class, the things that you kept talking and helping us to dig deeper, I'm like, okay, now the time is I really have to start focusing on myself. I focused on my family all these years. I focused on helping everybody else to manifest things, but I keep avoiding myself. And right. you like help. Like so many women do, yeah. Yeah, and you really started helping me to go, okay, Tim, it's time to dive into your business. It's time to figure this out. And yeah, within the course of the summertime, I had actually – yeah, I won your coaching circle. So you had out right. on um, Instagram, and I was like, oh, my God, like, this is just amazing, having no idea that, like, those weekly coaching calls and weekly um, win calls was going to yeah. really, really uh, move things forward. And so doors started opening up because I was having a really hard time finding my voice. And actually, right. you know, I had been doing yeah. – feng shui for like clients off on the side, but it was kind of like more of a quieter thing, you know, on the weekends or it was for people who I had known. And um, yeah, and so you had given me, kind of opened the door in one of the coaching calls and I started talking just a little bit about it and you started drawing it out I was like, you have to me. say it. I was <laughs> like, you got to say it, girl. So I have to stop you really quick right here because what I loved about, um, you know, when you first joined the master class, which is a four-day class I was um, offering through COVID, and I might again, so guys, if you want to see what I'm offering for classes, um, just go to sarahcentrella.com and, and see what's up. But um, on that, you had, you know, because part of it is identifying what we want, um, what our dream career is, if we could do anything, what would, what would that be, and, and all of that, and 
that's when you were sharing, like, you know, I really want to to start this business and to do it, um, you know, not just as kind of a side passion or a side thing that I love, but turn it into to a business. And so um, each week we would kind of give tasks or, you know, things to focus on and, and work on um, for accountability. And, and you, like I said in the beginning, you, you would take it and you would run with it, even if it was really outside your comfort zone. And I think what you're, you're mentioning is I remember it very, very clearly. I always kind of know, you know, when, when I'm having a conversation with someone and I know that it clicks and it's like, it hit the spot. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I'll get, I'll get like little chills. I'm like, Oop, that's it. Right. That's the kind of moment of breakthrough that we've been wanting. And um, I think for, for you, it was, if you had mentioned something about, you know, I really love this, but um, I'm kind of, and we can get into this a little bit more um, feeling a little imposter syndrome. Like, you know, I don't want to go out and announce to the world that I have this business because then what are people going to say or whatever. And I was like, oh, we're getting through that right now. (laughs) You are going to apply, say it, and I'm giving you the task that you have to tell someone, I don't care who it is, but you have to tell someone before next week, before our next call. Um, And so tell us what happened. (laughs) Exactly. And so, yeah, you told me, okay, you need to own this. You need to find your voice and talk about it. And, yeah, so we're sitting with some neighbors. And we had just met them, and they start asking me about what I do. And I kind of stopped. I'm like, mm, do I say something? Do I not say something? Because a lot of times, like, when you talk about feng shui, right. people think, oh, it's, you know, a little bit woo. It's, you know, it's very different. They don't quite understand. Is it a real just, thing? Yeah. Exactly. Is it a religion? No, it's not. And so I looked at them, and for some reason I said, well, do you really want to know? And they said, yeah, like, you know, tell us about it. What is feng shui? And I was like, okay, remember what Sarah said? I need to talk about it. I need to get used to it. And the more and more I talk about it and own it, that it'll start coming more natural and more easily. And so I was telling our neighbor, and he's like, this is great. He's like, I love this. He's like, what can I do to help you? And so he ended up introducing me to somebody who then introduced me to another person who has a women's mentoring group and um, I'm sorry, women's networking group. And that really like opened the door for me. All of a sudden I started to get some clients. I had to keep talking about, um, you know, every time we would meet, you had the one minute to kind of sum up what it was that you were doing. And through between that and through our coaching calls, I had to start kind of figuring out more of, you know, what did that business yeah. look like? How was I going to do this with COVID? Normally I go into somebody's home and right. I can't. And so then I was able to, um, you know, partner up with somebody who was in our coaching class and help them from a distance over Zoom calls. And that really helped me to kind of start figuring yeah, out start building exactly. that confidence, yeah, and how to do it. And, okay, I love so much – everything that you just said, because part of Hustle, Believe, Receive, so part of my core um, coaching method is called the HBR method, and it's eight steps to change your life and live your dream, and uh, say it is step three. It's a very important piece of the puzzle. We can't ever become something or live a dream that we're not willing to verbalize. Um, it just is the way it is. <clears throat> and at a certain point, we can think about it, we can start even hustling towards it, whatever, but at a certain point, we've got to verbalize it. We've got to get it out into the universe and start moving it, <laughs> moving it around and getting more comfortable with it. And I remember you mentioning, um, you know, in our, in our coaching call that you kind of had that thought of, like, well, does she really want to know? Like, you know, part of us always thinks, like, maybe this is just my own thing that I'm into and someone's just being nice by saying, what it, you know, what do you do and what does that mean? And, you kind of have that moment where you're like, should I even bother, you know? And I remember telling you, I was like, girl, you need to come up with an elevator pitch, which is what we call it in sales, which is just a quick roll off your tongue. This is what I do because I promise you people want to know. And I remember even asking you, like, what is it? Because I want to know. And so the more you get comfortable um, talking about what it is that you do, ladies and gentlemen, whoever's listening to this, 
um, it is absolutely key. Get, get comfortable with it as an elevator pitch, as a couple one-liners, as a way to like very concisely and quickly explain what you do. So then if they are interested, they're going to continue asking questions. Um, and then that opens into a dialogue. And if they're not, great. You know, you've, you've summed up what you do. You've said it confidently. And off you go. And you did that, right? You, you made your elevator pitch and you started um, verbalizing it. And then look what happened, right? When we say it, opportunities start coming. Doors start opening. Um, and I, I love that for you. And it led to, you know, your first clients and really getting your business off the ground um, in a very real way where it's not just this is what I want to do. This is what you do, which is just really incredible. Right, and I think, like, the advice that you had given to me of, you know, hashtag say it, get out there and start talking about it. And if people don't want to hear it, then that's okay. You're not attracting the right people to you. But the more you talk about it, the more you are going to attract those clients, those people who are really interested in it and who need it in their lives and who are welcoming it. And I think that that was a huge shift for me. It kind of gave me permission to go, okay, yeah, you know, if that person's not interested, that's okay. Because, you know what, there's five mm, people over here that yeah. really are. Oh, that's so big, too. And it, and it doesn't, it helps us with expectations, right? Like, not everybody is going to get what we do and be passionate about it. And it, it doesn't matter. Like, those literally are not the clients you want. That would be a nightmare client, right? A client you have to convince what you do. <laughs> you know, like, that isn't your jam. And it's not their jam. And that's perfectly, actually, a blessing. Um, but when when you do, like, like you said, you had this conversation that led to an introduction, that led to an introduction, that led to clients, which is just so beautiful. And, and each time you talk about it, your confidence grows, right? Your expertise grows. Your understanding of your subject matter grows. So for all of my solopreneurs out there, mompreneurs, entrepreneurs, start talking about your business. That was, I mean, that's probably one of my biggest regrets early on is that I was the same. And I told you this in our coaching. I said, you know, mm -hmm. it took me years to be able to say I was a writer. I, I just couldn't say it. Um, it. Or even a life coach because, you know, at that point I thought people would be like, oh, what's a life coach? That's a fake thing. You know, same type of thing. And I didn't start getting paying clients until I started talking about it, period. It just didn't happen, right? Um, and so the more I started talking about it, the more – I, my expertise grew, my confidence grew, and, and the more my client base grew to the point where it's like, yeah, that's what I do. Cool. <laughs> you know what? But you don't get there overnight. And I think a lot of people want to feel confident, want to feel like the expert, want all that stuff first before they do anything. And, and they don't understand that it does not work that way. And I, I love that you've been able to kind of take this piece by piece each week and put it in play and see how those results unfold. So let's talk a little bit about feng shui. <laughs> yeah, I want to know. I want to know. Um, what is it? Why should we, you know, do it? What are some of the benefits of feng shui? Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, so feng shui is an ancient art form that originated in China over 5,000 years ago. So when it came over to the U.S., the way it translates to is wind and water. So wind is the things that you can't see. You know it's okay. there. So it's kind of like our thoughts, our right. intentions. And energy, then we have – Exactly, energy, very much energy or chi. And then you have the other word, shui, which is water. And water is something that we physically can touch, physically can manipulate. So that's, you know, furniture, artwork, um, you know, so things in our environment, the, all the things right. that we're looking at. And so when you look through a, through a feng shui perspective, everything has energy and everything symbolizes, it represents thoughts um, that we have. So your environment, so for example, like your home office, if it's a huge mess, and that's mm. how your brain is feeling at that Listen time. up, people. Listen up. <laughs> <laughs> so please expand because I know we're speaking to someone right now who's sitting in a total chaos of an office. What are some ramifications of that? 
Why does that matter? Because it creates low vibrational energy. So I always like to say it's like, you know, imagine a pond, a pond that is sitting, it's stagnant, there's no breeze, it becomes mucky, it stinks, it smells, there's no flowers growing in it, there's no animals coming to visit it. And that kind of happens with your house and your office and your physical spaces that you start avoiding those areas. You know, you might have one room that became yep. a junk room, and that's like a really low vibrational energy, and you avoid it. And so in feng shui, we use what is called a bagua map, and that has incorporated into it. It has, like, say you're turning your floor plan into nine squares, and so it represents the different aspirations in life, anything from wealth to relationships, your fame and reputation, family, career. Um, one area is for helpful people and travel. One area is for creativity. And so when you start aligning this Bagua map to your home, you can kind of pinpoint, okay, this area is representative of my wealth area. Well, let's take a look at that room that's mm. in the wealth area. And yeah. sometimes people are like, gosh, you know, I'm trying to manifest money and – I'm doing all these mantras, but it's not working. Well, let's take a look at your actual physical environment, and is it saying the same thing that your head's trying to tell you? And, you know, you may find, okay, well, your wealth corner is where you throw, like, you know, all the stuff that you don't want all to your use. Trash. It's your, yeah, yeah, all your yeah. trash. Or you have flowers in there, but they're dead. And, dead. yeah, so and you start you, looking at yeah, how that physical environment is literally the manifestation of maybe what some of your blocks are. Um, and you'd mentioned something on one of our calls about, um, can you can you tell us or remind us what it was? It was like when you walk in the house, there's a certain corner of your house that is typically uh, wealth, right? Tell us mm -hmm. a little bit about that so people can know and have that corner nice and right. <laughs> Absolutely. So the feng, so there's multiple schools of feng shui. Some actually use a compass. But the feng shui that um, I work with is using the front door. That's where all the chi, all the energy um, begins and moves through your house. So if you were to walk into your front door and you're standing in your foyer, the back left corner of your home, that's going to be your wealth area on your first floor. And so that area, you want to really make it feel abundant. And I think a lot of it, too, is some people, they want to attract abundance into their life, but they're really working from a scarcity mindset. And so in Absolutely. that wealth area, yeah. in the wealth area, you might see like, okay, well, say, for example, it's their dining room. Well, their dishes are chipped. They have the, you know, clutter everywhere and... So you want to take a look at that and go, okay, let's you know, get rid of those dishes that are chipped. Let's bring in something that really speaks to a feeling of wealth and wealth. abundance. Yeah. Put a bowl I of fresh that. fruit on the table, that fresh fruit. You're going in there. You're Citrus using really that area. That, right? Isn't it mm -hmm. great for energy and for feng shui? And when you had said that, I remember thinking, so when you walk in my front door, um, that corner would be my kitchen, but right behind that mm -hmm. is my garage. Um, and I think when you had said that, I had we had collected, you know, all the stuff that needed to be. We needed to have the recycle people come pick up, the junk people come pick up. There was like old furniture, whatever, and it was on my to do list. And you know, one of the things I'm like, I'm going to get that done. I'm going to get that done. And I swear to God, <laughs> you said that on our coaching call. I, like, got off. I called them. I was like, get that shit out of here. <laughs> I don't, even though that isn't probably technically my left corner because that's my kitchen, it's beyond my kitchen, and I don't want, I don't want no stagnant nothing in there. Like, get it out, recycle it, send it through this, the energy system. No, no, no. It's not going to stack up in any part of my house. Um, and I, and I love that. And that's such a great tip um, about your office space too. Man, oh man, I can tell you like my business started changing um, so quickly for the better once I got an office space that was set up correctly. Even like moving my desk, I, I moved it so that it faces the front door instead of facing the wall. 
and just things like that um, to express openness um, and, you know, to be inviting and, and just clearing the clutter is such a, a major thing. So give us one or two more tips that anybody um, can do after listening to this to, to kind of start feng shuiing their house a little bit, to start getting that good energy flowing. Sure, definitely. Like, I would say, you know, start off, make sure that front part of your house, um, the front door is cleaned off. You have a nice welcome mat out front. We often say don't have a welcome mat out front that has your name on it because that's literally people stepping on your name. And mm. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of things in feng shui will translate literally. So listen for those thoughts. I know, Sarah, you talk about as it. They as they do like manifesting. Yep, they yeah. do manifesting in very literal ways, good and bad too. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So when you hear those things where, like, you're saying, um, say, for example, you feel like something is literally, like, you have, you're up against a wall, and you're in your job, and you feel like you're up against a wall, and you can't move forward. Well, possibly it's because your desk is literally up against a wall. And yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's trapped in, you know, where like three walls are surrounding it or two walls are surrounding it. Move your desk if it's in that situation, (laughs) y'all. Exactly. And one of the best things that you can do is move your desk so that, one, you can see the door so that you can see people entering a room. That way you're not getting any, like, you know, sneak surprises. Someone, like, comes in. It allows you to calm be more focused on your work. Right. And if you can't move your desk because, you know, you're up against a wall and that's the only place that you can put it. I know a lot of people right now um, are having to work in places that they don't want to work right. and sure. there's not a lot of options. But I think that's the, one of the best things about feng shui is that we like to call them cures or enhancements. There's, people will go, oh, my God, that's really bad feng shui if that you do this. But there's always a way you can adjust it and a way you can help it. So say that you have to sit with your back to the door. You can just put like a little mirror on your desk so then just face it so that as you're sitting at your computer, you could still see if somebody was able to walk up behind mm. you. you know, and you can do that right. through even like a frame. You could get a frame that has more of a reflective surface on it um, if you don't want to put a mirror on there. And then I also think is really kind of – walking around your house and looking for things that have that scarcity mindset. Is it when I go into your kitchen, do you have your counters all filled with clutter? Are your jars that are on, like for your flour and your spices, are those like all half full? Are they empty? You know, fill them all up so that when you walk through, oh, you're really feeling... Oh, that's such a good tip, you guys. Yes. Yeah, so like those pasta jars. You're not feeling half empty. Yeah. Yeah, so you start creating these little shifts. So every time you walk by, you go, ooh, you know what? I've got full, my coffee jar is full of coffee beans and full of pasta. And so the kitchen is a really important place. There's abundance. Yeah. Exactly. And that's where we... There's abundance in... Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, and just like with dead flowers, if you have plants that are dying, get rid of them. Yeah, yeah, flowers is such a huge thing for me, um, and really always, always has been. It's uh, I once a week at least um, buy four or five fresh bouquets of flowers. And ladies, I know there's a lot of you out there who probably are like me who think, oh, having fresh flowers in the house is, is a luxury. It's nice or whatever. Literally, go to Trader Joe's. You can buy bouquets of roses for $4.99. <laughs> so when I'm talking, I get four or five bouquets throughout the house. I'm, you know, go to Trader Joe's, spend 25 bucks, And then I arrange them myself, which is this whole kind of, you know, zen-type thing for me. It's a self-care thing for me. I love doing it. I have pretty vases, you know. And then keeping them throughout the house in all the kind of main areas. It's a small thing. Um, but it is the difference between my house feeling abundant and comfortable and luxurious and fresh or not. Like, and my kids will even say, they'll be like, um, mom, you threw the flowers away in that vase, but you haven't replaced them yet. (laughs) When are you getting new flowers? (laughs) Um, so there's, I think there's a lot of things that 
that we can do that um, no matter what, you know, no matter if you're living in a place that you like or a place that you hate. And I will say before we moved um, into our home, it was, you know, the kids and I were in an apartment for five years. It was a new apartment, but it was still an apartment. And I, I hated it. I'll be honest. And um, I think I thought it was only going to last for about six months. and <laughs> wound up lasting for five years. And about two years in, I realized like, hey, this is where I live. Like, I got to deal with it one way or the other. You know what I mean? My kids are still going to are growing up here. They still need meals here and all that. And I had this shift where um, I was like, I'm going to go frame all the pictures of all the amazing things that we've done and put them on the walls. And just doing that one thing um, was was incredible. It, it made the place feel like a home um, and, you know, opened it up and, and gave us all that sense of pride, even though it wasn't, you know, our ideal place to be. Um, but that, I, w- I would definitely say if there's, you know, it was, that was just one of those things that oh, I'll do that later, I'll do that later, I'll do that later. And I was like, no, <laughs> you know, now is the time. It's an important thing. Um, and it really has made all the difference in the world. And my gallery wall now is probably one of my favorite things in my house. And it does, it makes me feel incredible, you know, so there's little things that, yeah. you, that we can do. Thank God for home goods, <laughs> TJ Maxx, all kinds of <laughs> ways that you can uh, make things look beautiful on any type of budget. Um, but yeah, is there one more tip that, that anyone could use to uh, get some good energy flowing? Well, I think that's exactly what you just said. Don't wait. Don't wait until you have the perfect home. Don't wait until you've moved out of the apartment that you don't want to be in. It's really just like that saying of you want to dress for where you want to go, what kind of career you want. That's the same thing with your house. Even if you know it's temporary or it's not someplace, you want to make it feel abundant. You want to make it feel like that is a place that has this abundant mindset and that's what you're going to attract in your life. So yeah, then you'll start opening up the energy attracting those opportunities so that you can find that dream home that you really want. So my big thing is don't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Take pride in it. And I will say, um, you know, I learned this probably from my mom. It's probably one of the best lessons that I I did learn from her. She grew up upper middle class, but made decisions um, for whatever reason to live very off the grid and very not um, upper middle class when I was being raised. And there was a point um, in my childhood where we were homeless for a long time, and we were actually living in the forest. And I remember this. It was clear as day. I was probably, I don't know, six or seven years old. And she had set up the forest in a way that was like a home. Like the whole thing was like a home. She had, you know, rooms divided off by um, blankets and sheets. She had a rug around the fire pit. Uh, she had, she had a mirror where the bathroom was. It's like literally the whole thing. Uh, you know, she had like the pans hanging from trees as if it was a pan rack in the kitchen, the whole nine. And she always took so much pride, um, in doing that and really instilled in us. It doesn't matter like what you have, you can still be proud of it. So my whole childhood kind of growing up, people didn't really necessarily know how poor we were because they would always come to our house and our house was always nicer than theirs because of that very reason of, of taking pride in whatever you have and always presenting it in a way um, that feels really nice. And I am very grateful for that. I want to teach that to my kids too, because it's an important thing, you know, and I think when it comes to manifesting, it's important as well, because if you aren't grateful for what you have and if you are not making the most of what you have, you're not going to get more, <laughs> you know, that's just the way that it is. Um, and so to, to show gratitude um, for how things are right now and make it beautiful and make it um, comfortable and make it, it, it have you feel that way, um, then that will just continue and continue as abundance begins flowing um, and growing in your life. So I thank you so much, Kim, for sharing your story, for inspiring us uh, with your incredible, incredible transformations you've made over the last uh, year. And really quickly, two things I want to just uh, follow up on. I know our, our listeners might be wondering this too. So your husband got a job, right, when he moved? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, does he like his job? Is, it, was, is this a good thing? And then how does Absolutely. your daughter uh, like this move? Okay, yeah. Um, 
let's just say it's been a year now since everything happened, and my daughter said, Mom, this is the best thing that ever happened to us. Oh, and she just I loves love it. I mean, she gets to be a part of a film program that is her dream, and she's met some wonderful friends and just all these opportunities. She got it a job at the thrift store, and she's just having a great time. And, yeah, and so the, so many opportunities have opened up for her. And, yeah, and then my husband, he loves working for a nonprofit. Like, that is just really, I think, that second half of our life. And he, yeah, he is just, That's in fact, amazing. we opened up a bottle of champagne last night because it's been, like, pretty much yeah. a one-year mark since he accepted the job. And he's like, it's better than we can imagine. And so, Sarah, thank you. Thank you for your uh, books, for your writing, for your honesty, um, all your, your guidance. And there you go, you guys. Like, literally changing your life does not happen on its own. Does not happen on its own. It, it takes you wanting, and it takes you allowing yourself to want it and creating that vision and doing the scary things and taking the risks and moving through adversity, all the things that have, have shown in your story are so textbook to manifesting with HBR. Um, and the last thing I want to say is for all of you parents who think, oh, I can't do anything because of my kids or because it will upset them or whatever, I mean, what can I say? <laughs> I just love that. And, and I know you had mentioned on one of our calls the other day that your daughter had said that to you and it just like warmed your heart, you know, because as a parent, of course, we want to make decisions that our kids will be happy with. But at the end of the day, we have to make those decisions that will also teach them the life lessons. And they are gonna be okay, not only okay, but, um, you know, you probably put your daughter in a much better position to really fully live her dreams and and to see how that process plays out. So what a gift. Um, all right, I want all of you guys to do some of these feng shui tips to let us know, to uh, tag us on Instagram, uh, share this, give us feedback. Kim, this is probably one of your first podcasts. I know this was a little <laughs> bit uncomfortable for you. You crushed, you did amazing. So where can everybody uh, follow you and continue to learn more about feng shui? Sure. I have on Instagram, it's at Lake Life Feng Shui, or they can check out my services and my website. I also have a blog on um, www.lakelifefengshui. I love it, and I will put both those links in our show notes so you can go directly there. Um, and if you want to continue the journey and be part of the coaching circle with Kim and I, uh, that link is in um, the show notes as well. All right, everybody, go hustle and thrive. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review, and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on The Sarah Centrella Show.